Part 1, Chapter 9, The Wizard City Did Jaros treat you well? whispered Cassandra as they slunk through the crumbled alleyways. He did, Ajax whispered, eyes scanning every street they passed. He made me food and a bed of skins to sleep on. We even played games together. Strange games. The one we most often played involved me hurling a spear at him in the air. My only task was to hit him. His was to dodge and catch the spear. He won mostly, but I got him a couple of times. You threw a spear into him? Cassandra might have been more incredulous had she not witnessed Jaros being skewered of his own accord once before. Yes, but the wounds were nothing serious. He's quick, when he wants to be, said Ajax. I suppose that game was something he devised, said Talbos. It sounds like just his type of madness. It was, admitted Ajax with a smile. How did you survive the night? asked Talbos. Was he as terrible as the stories say after the sun goes down? I didn't stay awake to find out, said Ajax. When the sun went down each day, I went straight to my bed and shut my eyes till I fell asleep. I slept through each night that way, and thankfully he never bothered me. Well, I'm glad you made it out safely, said Talavos. As am I, Cassandra echoed. So, I've told you my story, Ajax said, ducking through a mess of fallen pillars and a broken archway. Tell me what happened to you. Things look bad when you left, but two days later you returned using magic. You even made me fly. Tell me the truth. It was Talavos, wasn't it? I knew wind sprites had powers. Cassandra put her hand on his shoulder. Keep your voice down, she said. It was not me, said Talavos. Would that I had such powers. Zagora would have never caged me and dragged Cassandra away. Every bit of me wished in that moment that I could use magic in the ways of wizards, but I could not. So, it really was you, Cass? Asked Ajax. He seemed to be looking at her in a new light. Yes, I suppose it was, she said, trying not to blush beneath his awestruck gaze. I don't really know how it works. It wouldn't work when Jaros asked me, only when he threw you off the cliff. That's the same way it happened with Zagora. She had me strapped down to her altar, ready to kill me before it happened. What happened? Well, first I saw Philip. I closed my eyes when I was waiting to die, and I saw him. She said. Do you think it was one of your special dreams? Was it really him? Asked Ajax. I don't think so. Just a memory of him. I saw my parents too, and even you, Ajax. You were all asking me not to die. At first I didn't think I could not die, but then I heard the fire. It spoke to me. I told it to kill Zagora, and it obeyed. So you really did kill her? Exclaimed Ajax. I would have liked to see that. Keep your voice down, Cassandra reminded him. And no, you wouldn't have. It was a terrible thing. She deserved it, Ajax said. And by the way, thank you. For what? Cassandra asked. For killing Zagora and coming back for me. After I thought about it, 
I didn't see a way that you and Talavos could beat her. I started hoping you would both just get away. And leave you behind? No, said Cassandra. You would have come back for us. We're friends, and that's what friends do for each other, said Talavos. That's what you said to me after you won me my freedom. Didn't we agree not to talk about that? said Ajax. Part of that story I'd rather not remember. They came to another square lined with dilapidated mansions, cracked marble with gold trim and domed roofs, like turquoise onions. The square was heaped with broken stone, remains of what had been a massive statue. Two mighty sandaled feet, tall as any house, were all that stood intact of the Colossus now. I'd like to have a look inside of one of these houses, said Ajax, peering through the vacant windows. But the Guardian, said Cassandra. We need to find the Well of Infinity, the Seven-Towered Palace. I have an idea, said Ajax. Talavos could take to the air and look for it. Could you do that for us, Tal? Of course, said Talavos. I should have thought of it sooner. From up there, I should be able to spot any trouble as well. Should I go now? Yes, said Ajax. We'll keep walking north in the meantime. Be safe said Cassandra. I will. The two of you be safe as well, said the wind sprite. With that, he flitted upwards and was gone. The children crossed the square with watchful eyes. Had they not known about the city's guardian, they would have never guessed it had one. The streets were quiet and desolate. Ajax? said Cassandra. There's... Something I want to tell you. Her voice sounded timid. What is it? He asked. Do you remember the day you asked me for a favor? We were down by the river with Philip. Yes. His cheeks burned, and he fixed his eyes on the ground. When I thought I was going to die, I thought of you. I know you'll make a great night someday, if we survive. But I don't want to wait till then to give you this. She took the ribbon from her hair, and taking his hand in hers, tied it round his wrist. Thank you for your bravery, she said, and kissed his cheek. Ajax was stunned. His face shone crimson. His eyes moved from her face to the azure ribbon on his wrist, back to her face, and then to her lips. I I mean, you're welcome. But thank you, too, he managed. The two of them shared the awkward silence as they walked. More than once, Ajax thought of taking Cassandra's hand, or even planting the kiss he'd wanted to be his first on her lips. But, despite how brave Cassandra said he was, he did none of it. If only she knew how much of a coward I am when it comes to her, he thought to himself. Enough of that, though. We might not get through this alive. Philip and I did agree that sisters were off limits, but I don't have a sister, so that wasn't a fair deal. Besides, she kissed my cheek first. Ajax did something then that he would regret for a long time thereafter. He stopped in front of Cassandra and looked deep into her eyes, those lovely crystal blues. He felt his face turn red again, but he couldn't let that stop him. He was not a coward. He cast down inhibition and drove forward with a kiss, 
eyes tightly shut. His lips met only air, and he stumbled forward, opening his eyes to see she had sidestepped his advance. Her face was both surprised and troubled. No, Ajax, she said. This isn't... His heart sank. I'm sorry. I... I just... He couldn't find the words. He felt embarrassment, taunting, ripping at his heart and goading him to tears. Shamefaced, he turned away and held them back. Cassandra, ashamed that she had panicked, tried in vain to fix the situation. I just don't think of you that way. You're my brother's friend. Well, you're my friend too now, but... It wasn't what she really thought, but she didn't know what else to say. Even if... if I... well... Now wouldn't be the time. She finally blurted out, knowing she was making a worse mess of things. Ajax wouldn't look at her. He walked ahead now, head hung, shoulders slumped. Ajax, don't be that way, she said. Just don't talk to me, all right? Forget I ever did anything. His voice blazed with anger. I'd take it back if I could. I don't know what I was thinking. I'd rather kiss a frog, or even Zagora than you, anyway. The last was pure spite, and it stung Cassandra like a blow to her face. Her eyes welled up with angry tears, but she wiped them away and bit her lip. Truth be told, after she'd kissed his cheek, the buds of romance had filled Cassandra's thoughts as well. The more she tried to squelch them, the more they bloomed. She'd seen Ajax turn beet red after her kiss and in her heart of hearts it thrilled her. She'd excused such feelings away before, but this time she had trouble doing it. Ajax was handsome and brave, a little foolhardy at times, but this was certainly not the time to be thinking such things. Why had he tried such a thing here, and then been so hurtful? They each continued on, brooding, seething, wishing they had done things differently. Ajax wanted nothing more than to get out of his own skin, or at least away from Cassandra, but he knew he shouldn't. They were in a dangerous place. No chance of separation here. What a fool to try and steal a kiss in such a place. It seemed fate had conspired to make the day worse still for Ajax. The next step he took proved traitorous. Beneath his foot, the ground crumbled fell away and sent him tumbling down into a long-forgotten cellar. The fall knocked the wind out of him, and he writhed and gasped for breath. When agony subsided and he finally filled his lungs, he sat up and looked about the room. The only exit was a stairwell, all collapsed in on itself. None of the stone-carved shelves or tables stood tall enough to reach the hole he had fallen through, and there was nothing else to climb. He seized a wooden chair to stack, but found it crumbled in his grasp. It seemed he was trapped. He looked up through the hole and saw Cassandra peering down at him. He turned away. Hers was the last face he cared to see. But after further fruitless search for Egress, he said, without looking up at her, Well, aren't you going to help me? Cassandra's response surprised them both. Not until you apologize. Apologize? He glared up at her. Apologize for thinking you're pretty? For wanting to kiss you? No, 
Not that, she said. Apologize for the rotten things you said to me. There was silence, and Ajax disappeared from view. She heard him rummaging around, no doubt looking for some alternate means of escape. She hadn't known Ajax to be so proud. He was often stubborn, but never so unwilling to admit when he was wrong. I must have truly hurt his feelings for him to act this way, she thought. She stifled the urge to relent and help him anyway. What he had said was unkind, and she wouldn't stand for it. Meanwhile, Ajax groped around in the sparse light of his prison cell. Anger and shame crashed in waves against his dejected heart. Still, he couldn't bring himself to say he was sorry. He wished the shadows of the cellar would swallow him up, that he could meld with the darkness and never be seen again. He wished he had magic like Cassandra, so he could make himself fly away. What he did have was the mess he'd made between that gorgeous girl up there and himself. Absent-mindedly, his hand brushed a globe of glass and knocked it to the floor. It shattered into a thousand crystalline caltrops. In the midst of those shimmering shards, he saw a dark mass that looked like a bit of charcoal. He soon found it was not charcoal when it came alive with flame. A fiery nimbus rose up, some magical creature captured by a wizard, imprisoned in that globe ages ago. Free at last, it began to meander around the cellar, catching rotten wood ablaze as it went. Ajax watched the place light up and dodged the elemental as it blundered dangerously close, oblivious to him. There's a fire down here. Are you going to help me out? He called out. Are you going to apologize? She forced herself to hold out a little longer, fought the urge to rescue him. Still clinging on to his pride, he kept silent until the elemental finally noticed him and began chasing him around the cellar. The whole place was ablaze. Black plumes of smoke billowed up, choking him while he managed to say, I'm sorry, Cassandra. Can you help me out? Float like a leaf, she said in relief, feeling guilty for holding out so long. And like a leaf, he drifted upwards, sailing weightless on the heated currents. Thank you, he said once his feet touched the street above. I, I really am sorry. His shoulders slumped, and he looked defeated, which made her sad. I'm sorry, too, she said. They trudged along in silence for what seemed like hours, but was probably 20 minutes before Talibos returned. Is everything all right? I saw smoke, he said looking at their sullen faces with concern. When they each assured him they were fine, he went on. I found the palace Charles mentioned. It is just as he said. Three of the seven towers is still standing, and there is a well in the courtyard. It will be a few hours until we reach it at this pace. Are you sure the two of you are right? You both look so downcast. I think this place is weighing on us. Cassandra lied. Even you, Ajax? Asked Talavos. Surely not the Ajax I know. Always dauntless, bright, and full of hope. Why so crestfallen now? What about the Guardian? Did you see it? Ajax changed the subject. There was no sign of anything, said Talavos. 
He had caught the hint and resolved to let it lie, whatever it was. I wonder if there really is a guardian at all, Cassandra said. Oh, I'm sure there is. It's probably seen the smoke by now when it's on its way, said Ajax. Perhaps it is in another part of the city and hasn't seen, said Talibos, trying to be the voice of optimism. By the time it does, we should be well away from the smoke. What happened anyway? Was there a fire? His voice trailed off. They all felt something. It was an ugly feeling. A terrific chill that gripped each of them. The wind picked up in gusts, each stronger than the last. Soon they realized it was no natural wind at all, but thunderous wind beats. Something was approaching. A shadow passed overhead, and then the earth shook as the creature landed. There, towering above the buildings, was the Guardian, unmistakably a sphinx. Its giant face was human, hard, masculine, terrible. It sat on its haunches, looming over them and glared down. They all looked up astonished, the same question filling each of their minds. How would such a massive creature come upon them unaware? The Sphinx dug its lion claws into the ground, causing fissures in the stone, and spoke with a rumbling voice. Who are these that trespass? 